you kind of got to just put yourself, be there and be dedicated. And sometimes you have to sacrifice being at home and like not being at home, you know, giving up things and really putting yourself out there. And like, I go to writer's rounds several nights a week after work just to like learn what other people are doing and to meet people and get inspired. So I do, I do think it's important to at least be around creative people. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Show. My name is Bree Noble, and I love bringing great interviews to you with independent female artists as well as people from the music industry that are working to promote and help independent female artists. So today we've got a great show talking with an artist named Janelle, who is releasing her EP called Home Today. That's August 28th, 2015, if you happen to be listening to this later. So it's just serendipitous that I got this interview with her and we were able to work out the release date in concurrence with her album. Before we get to the interview, I want to remind you to go to femusician.com to, first of all, hear all of our podcast episodes if you're not listening on iTunes or the podcast app, but also you can get our 19 proven sources of income that you probably haven't considered for your music business. That's a free resource for you. You know, you'll see an, a link to it right on the front page or you can go to our free gift tab and grab that. I hope it will really be helpful to you in pursuing many sources of income for your music career. And now we will get into our interview with Janelle. Here's a little bit about her. Nashville-based singer-songwriter Janelle is releasing her new EP, Home, on August 28, 2015. A five-song EP that mixes the rootsy stomp of folk music with the hooks and harmony of pop, Home was recorded in Nashville and produced by Dewey Boyd Jr. at the 4115 Recording Studio. It's a record about traveling across the country in search of a new home, chasing dreams, and experiencing a roller coaster's worth of ups and downs along the way. And the driving percussion and gang vocals might evoke comparisons to The Lumineers or Mumford & Sons. But Home doesn't really sound like them. It sounds like Janelle. So that's a little bit about Janelle. Janelle, is there anything that's not in your bio that's maybe a little more personal that you'd like to tell our listeners? Yes, there's a lot about me. Um, I grew up in Wyoming. I was born and raised there. Um, my entire family is still back home. So a lot of the EP is kind of about home and leaving home. And that was really hard for me because I'm very family oriented and it's hard for me to be away from them. I miss them dearly. I moved to Los Angeles to be an actress and a singer. I, uh, I went to grad school out there at USC to become an occupational therapist. So I work with kids at a pediatric clinic three days a week. And then I do music as well. 
That's very cool. Wow, that's really diverse. So how did you get started in music? I wanted to be Shirley Temple from the time I was about four. <laughs> and I would take tap tap classes and started playing the piano when I was really young and have little concerts in my living room, singing into my hairbrushes. And ever since I can remember, that's all I've wanted to do. So I started doing choirs and private voice lessons when I was really young and moved to L.A. to pursue that. That's that's really cute. I love that, that <laughs> image of you with the hairbrush. I definitely did that kind of thing when I was a kid. So do you consider yourself now a full-time musician or are you a part-time? Are you kind of supplementing with music-related things or with unmusic-related things that help pay your bills? Right now, mostly with unmusic-related things. Um, I hope to transition soon, especially with this new album, into full-time music. But right now I'm still working as a pediatric occupational therapist three days a week. And then I focus on music the other five. Wow. Four. (laughs) Keeps you really, really, really busy. Oh, wait, how many days? Yeah. Eight days a week. Yeah. That's probably how it feels huh? when you're trying to do two things at once. Yes. So we have a lot of struggling artists that listen to this show. And I think a lot of them can really identify with you and, and where you're at trying to kind of transition. So I'm curious, you know, you've made it pretty far making this really professional sounding EP. And I'm curious if there are any times, you know, in the past when you were in LA and you, you know, went out on your own and all that, or maybe when you went, moved to Nashville that you just felt really frustrated. You felt like you hit a wall and you just felt like, why am I doing this? You know, maybe I should just give up. If you could, you know, tell a little story about that and maybe how you pushed through that and what you learned from it, that would be really helpful to our listeners. I question that like every day. Basically, this entire journey, I've had so many ups and downs. When I moved to LA, it was so expensive. I did not know anything about the industry and what I was doing. And I would release these little albums and just put them directly on iTunes. I had no idea about marketing. And obviously, none of them went really anywhere. And that was super frustrating because I put time and effort into it. And I was excited about it for it to just end in... I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure because I learned from it, but it just didn't get me anywhere. And my age is kind of, you know, a factor to some people. I I don't know why age matters so much here, but it does. And so I've always been, feel like I'm racing time and I feel like I wasted time going to school, even though I didn't, it was a great career, but I spent so much time in college that I could have been working on music and it's just been frustrating the whole <laughs> the whole process. I love it, but I feel like I'm kind of just on a treadmill, not ever moving forward. I totally get it because I went through all that. I think a lot of us go through our 20s just completely clueless. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to go through that. And, you know, maybe, I mean, what I hope with this show is that maybe people can learn from a lot of our mistakes and frustrations and you know, figure out a way um, by educating themselves in music marketing on how to do it on your own. And I do think it's different. It's much easier now. You know, when I was trying to do what you're doing, it was the late 90s. There was no internet. I mean, not much internet. There was no Facebook, no any of that stuff. And so now I think there's just so much more opportunity for people to, to, to get online and get their stuff out there. Do you think that people really need to move to LA or Nashville to 
do what you're doing? I mean, how does, how has that helped you? And how do you think that maybe wasn't necessary? Um, I kind of go back and forth like this because I'm, I'm a little old school in my thought process as well. So, um, YouTube is something I never really got on board with. I was not like sitting in my living room making YouTube videos. Even now I don't really do much of that. And I think for me, it's kind of frustrating that people can do that when I've given up so much to like really dedicate to this. And so I moved away from my family. I gave up everything I was comfortable with and knew my entire life to come pursue this dream. Whereas I feel like, every <laughs> so I guess I'm kind of against it. I'm, I think it's kind of frustrating that people can just sit in their living room and make music, which is great for some people. It is great. And I'm not hating on anybody for that. But I feel like the dedicated people really need to be here and like network and learn and grow and songwrite and be out there watching other writers and just being a part of the the scene in general, I think is important. So I agree with that. And I, I think that the songwriting is key. Like if you're a songwriter, to be in LA or Nashville and co-write with people, I mean, that is really how you're going to make connections, I think, because everybody's got this web of connections. Yeah. And if you're just sitting at home, like you said, you know, making cover videos for YouTube, maybe you'll get lucky and something will go viral, but you know, you don't, I mean, and you can do some of that online as far as the networking. And I certainly yeah. have, you know, done a lot of co-writing online and, and, and so if you can't move to LA or Nashville, I think that's an option. Yeah, definitely. But it it I, is helpful. I think that's important, you know, as you said. Yeah, I just feel like you kind of got to just put yourself, be there and be dedicated. And sometimes you have to sacrifice being at home and like, not being at home, you know, giving up things and really putting yourself out there. And like I go to writer's rounds several nights a week after work just to like learn what other people are doing. and to meet people and get inspired. So I do, I do think it's important to at least be around creative people. Yeah, definitely. So is there anything that you know now that you wish you would have known when you started, you know, kind of moved off to LA that, you know, that may have changed your direction? I wish I would have known more <laughs> about the process and the business side of the industry. Um, when I was making my last EPs. Cause I, I feel like, and I also wish I would have known really quality songwriting because I feel like I just put money out there to record a few songs and put them online when they really weren't that great of songs. I probably should have waited until I had mm -hmm. a bunch of great songs and I probably should have gotten them reviewed by people and gotten honest feedback before I put money into them and put them out there. I think that's such a good point. I mean, and yeah, you know, sometimes you have to pay a lot to get really quality reviewers, but even, you know, the people that send songs to me for women, women, women of substance, why can't I say that today? <laughs> women of substance, you know, that is a, a kind of review. You know, I don't give them like a five point review or anything, but I say, I think this is worthy to be played on the radio alongside Colby Calais and Sarah Bareilles, you know, that is already a validation. Like, yes, I should go out and record this professionally. So I, I think there are ways that you can do that. And you are so right. Like don't invest in just recording whatever songs that you wrote when you were 16, you know, and all your <laughs> friends at high school said they were good, you know, yeah. 
Because I definitely had those, you know, when I was in high school and I wrote this song with four chords, I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. no, really it isn't. <laughs> yeah. I look back at some of my old stuff and they're not bad. They're cute. And it's funny to like hear them, but, and it's, it's nice because I, I did need a starting point and I've definitely grown since then, <laughs> but I wish that they, I wouldn't have put the time and money into recording them and releasing them and making a big deal about it to like my family and friends like, Oh, I have this song coming out. <laughs> and then they're like, great, <laughs> great, yeah. great job to know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least, you know, <laughs> pay for a little bit of studio time and just go in there and record it with acoustic guitar or piano. Yeah. And you know, with that, people will be able to know if it's a good song or not. And that's where you can get the feedback. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a great point. Yeah. So has there been any events like major event along the way that has been critical in, you know, getting you where to where you are today, like, you know, recording this really professional EP in Nashville? Um, event, not really an event. I was live, I was watching a Lee Bryce interview while I was in Los Angeles. He came out there and he was just talking about the importance of songwriting and how it's really important to just, to go there. You can't just go and drop off a couple demos and expect to, really get much work in Nashville as a writer. So I flew out there and visited and loved it. And I was like, I have to be here and moved. I made that decision within like a couple of days to move there. It was pretty, wow, pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, and I didn't really think I was ever going to leave California, but his speech was just very inspiring on writing. And I really wanted to focus more on songwriting. And I, so I just knew I had to go. And I'd, no, I'd cool. never even been here. I'd never been. Oh my gosh. Here. I didn't know anything about it. Flew out for a weekend, loved it and moved. <laughs> wow. You know, I don't think that Lee Bryce or other artists like have any idea what they say, what, you know, what they say has so much impact on people. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Where, where did you see this interview? It was at, um, a music hall of fame, the Grammy music hall of fame. In, in Los Angeles. And it was me, I think he was talking to maybe 20 people. So it was a very small room of people that he had this interview with. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And my friend knew somebody that got me invited because she's been pushing me to move to Nashville for a long time. But I, I never really even thought about it until I heard him talk. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, other than Lee Bryce from afar, do you have any other mentors that have really helped you, you know, kind of craft your journey? Hmm. Mentors. I mean, not anybody specific. I've had a lot of writers out here that have really helped. And when I moved here, friends that I had just met that just took me in and helped me along the way. Um, they just take the time to listen and, you know, guide me through these steps. So <laughs> I feel like this industry is always changing and there's so much about the business side that I'm constantly learning every day. And I just feel it's been like a very big team approach. My mom's been a really big help too. She's very supportive and constantly pushing me to go after what I want. So that's cool. So have you been, you know, kind of hanging out with other artists that are maybe a few steps ahead of you? Cause I know that can be really helpful. I have, but we're in different genres. Mm. Um, I feel like cause my genre is a little bit, it's not country. It's, it's, it's kind of pop folk, I guess, indie pop folk. Right. I haven't really decided how to describe it other than it's Janelle. 
Mm. (laughs) Made my own genre. But uh, (laughs) yeah, they've been really helpful. Um, And they'll invite me to get up and sing. A couple of the writers I write with will play rounds around town and they'll have me come up and sing some of our songs with them. And that's been awesome and helpful. And I have a friend, Jenny Lee. She's a really good country singer and she is constantly helping me network, which is she, you know, girls could look at each other as competition and she doesn't, she looks at, you know, paying it forward and helping everybody. And I just think that's amazing. And a lot of people out here, I feel like are like that. Whereas I didn't feel that much in LA. I feel like everyone was kind of out for themselves and Nashville is very much like, how can I help you? Not how can you help me? (laughs) That's, that's really good to know. And I think that's probably true with the artist community. I don't know, you know, about, all the, you know, music row and all that. I think maybe they're still, you know, like keeping everything to themselves, but I I have heard that, that the artists are really supportive, which, which is great. I mean, you never know where anybody that you're connected with is going to be in five years, you know? So like you said, always pay it forward because, because you never know how people can help you in random ways. Yeah. It's it's a great community here. I I really love it. And even with the people on Music Row, they've been a lot more willing to just open their door and be like, "Come in for coffee. I'll have a listen." Uh, you know, um, they at least give you a chance. Most wow. Time. I'm actually surprised to hear that. That's that's actually really great. I haven't heard that from other people. I don't think that everybody is probably like that on Music Row, but a few people that I've come in contact with from like the country radio seminar. Oh. Mm. I met a lot of people at that networking event, which was amazing. Another reason why it's good to be here for those kind of events that are always going on. Um, and they're just like, yeah, come in for coffee. We'll, we'll listen to your music. I'll give you some pointers. And it's been awesome. Whereas in LA, I don't think that would even be possible at all. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> so people definitely have that Southern charm and hospitality here. So it's nice. That's, that's cool. So what do you believe that makes you unique as an artist? I know you were saying like your genre is a little bit different, especially in Nashville, but is there anything else that makes you unique? I feel like I'm definitely an eclectic human being. And I feel like that's why I have a hard time placing my music into a genre is because I feel like it's kind of eclectic as well, because there's so many different parts of me as a, in characteristics and like, I always bring in like a little bit of country and a little bit of pop and a little bit of folk and a little bit of rock. And <laughs> it's just a bunch of stuff mashed into one. Um, unique. I'm pretty goofy, but I don't know. I feel like that's not very unique. So do you show <laughs> that on stage, your your goofiness? Yes. Or do you kind of like put your personality into your your performances when you're like talking between songs? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty goofy on stage and sometimes I need to probably tone it back, but <laughs> I just, no, you don't. I no, 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 no. So, you, you will I, be memorable. <laughs> I get so excited when I'm up there. So I do some kind of bizarre dance moves sometimes and <laughs> joke around a lot on stage, but just cause I just have so much fun when I'm up there. Hopefully other people are having fun too, or if not like making fun of me. <laughs> no, I don't think you should stop. Seriously, that makes you unique. And also it shows that you're having fun and you're not like, you're totally comfortable up there, which I think, you know, a lot of artists aren't, they're stiff. They're like, hi, I'm going to now sing my song from this album. And then they play it. And then they say the same thing, you know, for the next song. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't want that. Nope. <laughs> Um, I also wear a monkey mask frequently, not on stage necessarily, but just in life in general. 
So that's, that's pretty unique. Yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> you can take some pictures and put that on social media. Oh yeah, he's he's been on there. His name's Elvis, and he came into the studio with us and made a couple appearances. It's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. I should make an entire Instagram account just for the monkey mask. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that was a little off topic and random, but it is a unique thing about me. So It is very unique. <laughs> so has there been like a mind-blowing experience where you're like, oh my gosh, pinch me. I can't believe I'm here right now. You know, is this really me? Um, Yeah, a couple of them. And it was when I was just starting out too, but I got to play at the Roxy on Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. Mm. And so many awesome people have played there. So I was on that stage and I was just like shaking and it's not even a huge deal or a huge venue or anything like playing at the Grand Ole Opry or something. It's very small scale to that. But for me, it was my first, first big show and my lights were on like Sunset Strip. I mean, my name was on the lights outside on Sunset Strip and I just was pretty excited about that. And then uh, when I first moved here, I played at the Bluebird Cafe, which kind of gave me the same like... Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, feeling. <laughs> but um, yeah, those are the two that I can think of off the top of my head. Hopefully more to come. Yeah, those are pretty iconic venues for sure. Yeah. So tell us about your most recent project, your five song, e- five songs, right? EP yep. that you just are putting out like today when this interview is airing. So you guys need, you need to go check it out. There'll be links on the show notes page at femusician.com. And, um, if you go to that, you'll find Janelle, like right on the front page, you can just click on her and it'll give you all the show notes for this. But yeah, tell us about, you know, what, what was it like making it, you know, how did you choose the musicians and the producer and and all that stuff? Um, well, a little bit about like the EP is kind of about my journey finding home. So the first song is called long way from home. And that's me kind of struggling, feeling like I don't have any place to belong and I'm kind of alone in this journey. And then it travels through my experiences, ups and downs. And the last song is Feels Like Home because I finally feel like Nashville is home to me. And I feel like I belong here and hopefully I can settle down and have some roots and a family. So that is kind of what the entire EP is about, is my journey. And I was really excited. I wanted to make it kind of organic sounding and very just true to myself. I didn't want it super overproduced, a lot of, uh, I don't know how, like auto-tune or um, I'm trying to think of the terms I need here. Um, I just wanted to sound fairly organic. And so I was looking all over Nashville for producers that did more of the organic vibe, that did more of the indie folk vibe. Um, Because a lot of people here do country, as you all probably know. And so I interviewed a few and I went to this studio called 4115. It's over in East Nashville and I toured it and I met with my producer, Dewey Boyd. And it was just, I just got such a cool, relaxed vibe in there. And it was just such a neat room. Um, I just really felt comfortable. And so we started working and he had worked with several of the musicians in the past and they had all played that kind of style of music as well. And I really, I wanted a lot of percussion and unique instruments. And we put a toy piano on there, which (laughs) I'm obsessed with. I grew up playing the toy piano. It's like the first instrument I played when I was like three. 
And so I thought it was really cool that we incorporated that. And we used unique things like a Brita filter shaker and all sorts of cool stuff for the percussion side of things. And it was just so much fun. Like I was really actually depressed when the recording process was over because I loved every bit of making it. And I was there for every, every second of it too. I was involved mm. in the entire process and watching every instrument go down and helping come up with the rhythm and the notes on the keys. It was just really cool. Wow. And how did you raise the money to do that? Um, I have an Indiegogo campaign. It just ended a couple weeks ago. And I didn't reach my goal, but every little bit helps. Um, a lot of it's coming from working at the pediatric clinic. Basically, I put every bit of money I make into making this album and rent. And wow. there's really nothing left over <laughs> for anything else. And my parents have been very supportive too. And they, they put forward a little bit as well. They're my, they're my investors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I told them, just keep investing me. I hopefully I'll pay out eventually, you know, <laughs> the slot machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> just keep pumping me full of money. I'm bound to pay off at some point. <laughs> So what have you found to be the best way to promote yourself and to, you know, engage and meet fans online? I know you said you weren't as big with online before, but are you doing that now? And what's the best way for you? Um, I love Instagram. I use Instagram to promote a lot. I do a lot of little tiny short clips of videos and behind the scenes and the making of a lot of studio footage is on my Instagram. And uh, I use Facebook quite a bit as well. And I just recently discovered Periscope, which I think is really cool for artists. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's basically a live broadcast. So I could sit there and basically you feel like you're talking to yourself because you're talking to your screen, but people start watching and they start asking you questions. So I just recently got on there and I was telling people about the release and about my Indiegogo campaign and some guy from from that conversation went in and donated a hundred dollars and people, Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, that's awesome. It's cool because it's interactive and I feel like you're not just typing, you're actually verbally answering these questions to these people that are asking you and they're from all over the world. They'll join in and be like, Oh, I'm from Chile. Where can I hear your music? So it's really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely have talked with other artists about Periscope and it's, it's an amazing tool. Yeah. And I'm just kind of, just got on that little train. So I'm excited about it. How do people find you on Periscope? Um, I think I'm just under there as Janelle. J -E. But like how, and how did they find, like when you were doing your live broadcast, what made them come on and listen? Um, some people are followers from my Twitter account, which I do Twitter a little bit, but <laughs> tweet, tweet, <laughs> I tweet a little bit. Um, so some of them are from that, but also there's just not that many people on Periscope at this point. So it's still new. And I think people are just hungry to see stuff. So if, if something's mm. live, they can go down a list and just see what's being, what's live at that moment and they can join in and watch. Okay. So people are just trolling around like, yeah, I want something to do. Like they're flipping the channels on television. Yeah. So I mean, And they see you. Yep. It's basically how it works. I mean, they can also search my name. I'll, I'll post my Periscope account on my Instagram or my Facebook. Um, every time I log in to that says I'm live, it shows up on my Twitter feed. So people can find it that way. 
Okay. That's really good to know. I think this is going to be good for other artists to hear. Cause I think, yeah, I think every artist needs to be on Periscope. It's, it's going to be an amazing tool. It is. I think it's a game changer. Totally. <laughs> so can you tell us about your, um, like what you're doing for booking? Like, are you, are you doing booking right now? Are you doing it yourself? Like how many gigs are you doing a month? At the moment, I am doing it myself, and I haven't been book, um, doing gigs recently because I was really focused on just getting this project released and getting ready for my showcase. So, um, and working on getting people at that showcase, and hopefully a booking agent at the showcase, so I can. Where's Where's your showcase? At Whiskey Rhythm Saloon. Okay, and what's the date? August twenty eighth. So it's oh, it's today. <laughs> Okay. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah, if anyone's listening to this, when it very first comes out, you should go check that out. Yes. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that, that's, that's awesome. So as far as like your streams of income, I know that, you know, you've been doing some, some crowdfunding and like you said, you haven't been doing a lot of gigs at the moment, but for music, have you had any other streams of income? Have you been doing any licensing or um, you know, song, has songwriting income come in from other artists or, you know, what's kind of the makeup of your, your income right now? Um, some of my CDs from before are somehow still selling. I just got a check the other day from CD baby, which was exciting. I'm like, who's buying this? <laughs> um, but also I had a couple older songs placed, um, with a licensing company and they get little tiny bits in shows, TV shows, um, it's never, it hasn't been anything major. Um, and it hasn't been like a full song or even 30 seconds of a song, but just little clips in the background. And those don't pay great, but they are a source of income. They do pay. Mm. And I think that's an awesome avenue for artists to go through is, is licensing and sync licensing. And that's what I'm in the process of doing right now is getting these songs with somebody for sync licensing. Because I do feel like they have a good commercial vibe to them. Um, yeah, they they definitely have a good commercial vibe vibe, and I I can't imagine they wouldn't get licensed for things because they're very accessible. Yeah, and they're pretty general, like the topics. I think that's important too. If you are trying to write songs for commercial, they need to be across the board, like fairly general, neutral, not uh, super specific on a topic. But they also need to be based upon things that you might see in a show. Like, I mean, I'm thinking about your songs and, you know, long way from home. Like I could see that in a show, you know, if somebody has moved away or gone on a road trip or, you know, whatever. I mean, that would really fit in well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think, yeah, I think anything that, that you could kind of see in a scene when you're writing a song, it, it wouldn't hurt to think about that when you're writing. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. So we are nearing the end of our time and I want to let you tell people how they can get in touch with you, how they can find your music and how they can reach you on social media. Okay. On Facebook, I'm just Janelle, J-E-N-N-E-L-L. Um, or you can search me by Janelle M-M. Those are my last name, initials. <laughs> and I have a website janellesmusic.com where that'll also have links to all of my social media, Instagram and Instagram is Janelle's music and Twitter is Janelle MM 
So a lot of Janelle, <laughs> just Janelle, M-M, Janelle. Yeah, there's not a lot of people with a J-A-N-N-E-L-L. Oh, so I think J- if people put that J-E-N-N-E-L-L. in. J- I'm sorry, J-E-N-N-E-L-L. Yep. Yeah, that is like a very interesting spelling. So I think there's probably not a ton of people nope. with that spelling. So it should be pretty easy to find you. Yeah, I'm out there. Awesome. Well, it's been great to talk to you. I want to congratulate you on your EP coming out. And I just, I hope that, you know, great things are in store as far as, like you said, getting a booking agent and, um, you know, management or whatever it is that you want for your career. I think you're really on a great path and I think you're a great inspiration to other artists. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.